Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaSports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G Cobb and Micah Warren. All right, how's it going, everybody? Big, big day today, big day. I'm Michael Warren. I'm with G Cobb on G Cobb in the House, and uh, pretty, pretty big day for, pretty big day in the NFL today. Uh, at a time we're supposed to be either talking about the NFL draft or you know baseball season's getting ready to start. Uh, you know they talked about this for a while, but uh, to be honest, until the last couple weeks, even yeah, even you know over the last years as people talked about the CBA running out. I always kind of felt like, look, there's too much money involved. It's something they'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Well, nobody figured it out. And uh, Demaris Smith came out today after their last uh, negotiations and basically said, "Well, we want to see ten uh, the last ten years of audited team financials, meaning open your books." And we all know that it's not happening. So, what was it? Forty-five minutes later, he comes out back and says, "We applied for decertification." So, the players' union is decertifying. Uh, so obviously any lockout, you can't have a lockout without a union. So no union, no lockout. And at this point, uh, the players are just hoping to get to a point where if now if the owners, if the owners want to stop play and they're not going to have play, they can have an antitrust trust lawsuit uh, filed against them. So now at this point, it's just a big old courtroom pissing contest we've got on our hands. And it's going to get ugly. It's going to get ugly, G. I don't know. Um, I, I, it's tough to say. How long these things can last? So this is this is not par for the course. I mean, is this, I, I, as far as I know, this is the first uh, first time the league's decertified. I mean, ha, do you know of any other time this happening in any sport? Well, I know that uh, when the um, strikes that I was involved in in '82 and '87, uh, this was a course which we had um, considered. In fact, I think we did. I think it, I think it was decertified in the past. Um, and, um, uh, you know, I, I think it, 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 uh, helped to solve one of the, um, one of the strikes, you know, because uh, the owners are afraid to go in court and deal with antitrust legislation and, uh, antitrust legislation means that, uh, you know, why do they have a right to have a draft here? You don't. You know, anywhere else, anybody else in America can bargain with whoever they want to bargain with uh, if they want to work at a certain place. And uh, why should the NFL be able to decide, okay, you're going to can only play with this team and you can only play with that team. And so uh, the NFL is able to succeed because, you know, they need those type of rules. And for that, 
you know, they've got to deal in good faith, you know, uh, with the players. And see, so they get into a dangerous situation because Judge Doty has already found that they violated the rules of the agreement. They violated, really, the collective bargaining agreement by uh, going in before the, the networks and taking less money so that they could get money in order to lock the players out. And so this is a dangerous situation, really, on both sides. It's, it's, uh, no, nobody knows where it really is headed, but the owners, think about it. If you're an owner <laughs> and you've got a bil- multi-billion dollar entity, and now that entity is really in danger because of, you know, going and dealing with antitrust legislation. So uh, players, on the other hand, you know, you've got short careers in the NFL. Some of the, you got some guys that can, they can't afford to be uh, missing a season. Um, and, and so it, it's, it's a tough time. But there's pressure on both sides. That's why this is going to be interesting. I don't know how it's going to turn. Uh, but it is going to be interesting, especially from a legal standpoint. I think overall a lot of uh, sports fans are going to be tired of hearing about this stuff because I can already feel that people are tired of hearing about some execs in suits or lawyers in their fighting cases rather than the players on the field. So, you know, that, you know but, you know, we could have football still. We could have football. Uh, the judges can get involved and, and make them uh, continue rules as they are. Uh, so we could have football, but it, it is going to be interesting, and uh, uh, everybody that's going to law school uh, dealing with these uh, type of business cases and that sort of thing, this is going to be a precedent-setting and a huge story uh, in uh, football and business annals uh, for a long time. Yeah, and gee, when, when you said people are sick of hearing about it, I, I actually I look at that a different way. I am sick of hearing about it, but it's not just, I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, it's millionaires versus billionaires and blah, 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 whatever. That's not really what I'm sick of. I'm just bored to tears by it. It's just legal speak alone. I mean, you read all these websites and and everyone's talking about it, and my eyes just glaze over. I just want want to read about touchdowns and passing yards. This is killing me. If you're not an attorney, this stuff should bore you to tears. I mean, there's a reason people go to law school for this. It, it, it's just a completely different language. And it, it is a big game of chicken right now where you have a lot of players. I mean, so even, even Obama mentioning, you know, the millionaires versus billionaires, that's incorrect. As, as you well know, you know, what, what percentage of players are really millionaires? Meaning, uh, very few. I mean, you, you, you could say that if you're talking about the, you know, baseball, if you're talking about, uh, you know, uh, basketball. Yeah. But very few. I mean, the NFL is primarily young guys who are coming in the league, and they're going to be in the league two or three years, and then they're going to get flushed out. That's what the majority – here you got somebody who don't know how to drive. Don't know how to drive. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, you, so, you have, okay, so you have that one side of it where you have a lot – you know, Carson Palmer uh, – this is not related to this labor situation, but he said, well, I'm going to retire before I play another down for the Bengals. i got plenty of money. I don't need it. There's not many Carson Palmers in the league that can say that. You know, we tend to think that, but, you, you know, you're right. Baseball, if you're an okay middle reliever, you can make two to three million. I mean, think <laughs> of it. If you're an, a, you were an accomplished player like Brian Westbrook, for instance, compare him to, you know, some, some guys that are not even good players on the, uh, on the other team. you got uh, Westbrook, who, who for a while was the most complete back in the league, and you yeah. think about how long he 
he was at that level, and now he's fighting to stay in the league. And you compare him to uh, Chase Utley, for instance. Okay? Yeah. Similar guys banged up. Chase Utley could go to the American League and play for 10 years, you know, and just mm-hmm. be a DH, you know, and, and make $15 million a year like he's making now. You know, Westbrook never made $15 million. The most he made was, what, might have been six? Five Maybe. Or six he made, you know, like, you know it's... And the cost of living goes up, you know, with increased pay, increased expenses. You know, and then you look at a guy like Barry Zito for the Giants. <laughs> He's got like a seven-year, $126 million deal. And I was reading the other day, he might not even be their fifth starter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know. <laughs> and, they, and you're stuck with that. Sammy Dallabar is going to get of, paid. Think of Barry Zito, come on. They, how much did he pitch last year? They won the, they won the World Series. You heard about, I mean, Barry Zito had nothing to do with it. He wasn't even on the playoff roster. He's so bad, they're talking about just paying him his money to go home that they're just so sick of him. But in other sports, you have that. Brian Westbrook, like you said, well, let's say 06, 07, he was a monster. And it just so happened, the way his contract broke, Eagles didn't have to do anything. They didn't have have to to pay him. And and here you got the guy now who, you know, uh, he really got to beg his way into the league. I mean, because nobody wants him. And that's the difference in football and these other sports. It, you know, uh, that whole millionaire stuff, stop it, stop it. Because it's not, it's not multi-millionaires. And, and the thing about it is, is the damage. You know, I, I wrote an article about going getting, you know, uh, the brand, brain scans that I had to get done the other day. Come on. You, you don't damage yourself. <laughs> playing those other sports like you do with football, and uh, it, it's it's amazing. But we'll see how it breaks out. It's it's business, and um, we'll see how it works out. But we know the sentiment of the of the owners. I mean, we we could say that we know the sentiment of the players, but we know the sentiment of the owners. The owners were planning on locking the players out for two years. Okay, this was their plan. Right. You know, that's why Roger Goodell is the, li- is the lioness. I, I, I can't even say what I'd like to say. He's a liar. <laughs> Come on. They had a plan in place, and this was their plan to lock out the players. And he's going to talk about how sincere they were. He's been saying that all along, how sincere and how he's going to take, you know, uh, a pay cut and all that stuff. Yeah, he's going to take the pay cut, but they probably already got an agreement that they're going to pay him back when they do get the thing signed. I mean, come on. Who is he kidding? Yeah, well, you got that aspect. You got the players that we already talked about. Don't have uh, most of them. Here, are let me paid. see. Ron, is Ron there? Yeah, Ron just came on. I'm here. How you doing? How you doing, Ron? How you doing, Jay? Good, 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 Ron. good. Well, why don't you give us your whole take on it, Ron? Uh, what do you think of what has happened now? I know you're aware of the uh, the certification and everything. Where do you see it headed, and what's your whole, uh, how do you feel about it? I just came in, and I just happened to put on the TV. I just happened to put on the TV, and uh, see the, I just saw the certification, actually. Okay. Um, I don't see this ending well. I see maybe probably two to four games being lost. So you think they're going to get it worked out? No, he's saying they're going to lose two to four games. I think they're going to lose I mean, two to four games. Okay, but you, but you, but but see, okay, two to four games. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I listened to Jaws on. I listened to Jaws on Wednesday. 
and, and like me and you talked about, Gary, he didn't sound too optimistic. No, no. I, I didn't think it was going to get done uh, based on the way they were talking last night. Yeah, uh, right. Last night didn't give me much hope. Yeah, because when, nah, when, uh, when you have Jeff Pash and you had uh, Demore Smith, when they came out, they were pointing fingers. And, and Pash was just full of, come on, the players aren't negotiating in good faith. You guys, he was a part of that plan to lock the players out, right? And the, now, and I didn't see the plan with just, $4 billion that was under the table. That's right. Well, it wasn't really under the table. It, it was under the uh, table, but it was, it was tucked away. Let's just say they took that money away for this. And they, knew, they pretty much knew it was coming, and they were waiting on it. And they, and they, were, they were waiting. They were going to get And as I said, from a standpoint, what the owners are looking at is, uh, and I don't know what the figures are, with how they think the game is going to expand from a revenue standpoint, but they're really fighting over future money. It's not the money now. See, that's why people say, why would they do this? Because the monies are going to explode once they get to where they got this all pay-per-view thing going, where uh, you got so many people buying their, uh, you know, getting their games and, and paying a dollar or two for the games because they got it on Xfinity, you know, and they're looking at the game on their cell phone, and they want to be able to get that everywhere. So they'll probably have some little charge... But they'll be getting, you know, uh, they'll be charging, you know, millions and millions of people. And, and I remember uh, a while back, Jeffrey Laurie said, I can see it now. Four billion Chinese looking at the NFL on their cell phones. That's what he said. Yeah, that's, that's brilliant. And then, but, the, but if, you, if, if anybody tries to uh, interact with the NFL's brand and make their own videos and things on YouTube, which is international, the NFL comes and cracks it down. I don't know. They're kind of loosening it up. They're not cracking down on that as much as they used to. So I, I see a lot of NFL stuff, but uh, but you're right in that they, you know, it, it's ridiculous. It's just totally ridiculous. Um, you can't, you know, hey, you know, it's business, though. I mean, <laughs> it is. People can say, oh, they're arguing over billions. Yeah, exactly. They are arguing over billions. That's right. That's worth arguing over. <laughs> It's all about the money, and you know, and, and uh, you know, you can. I don't know what side you come out on it with the whole thing. What do you think they're arguing about in Wisconsin? Okay, I mean, you yeah. know, oh, these players are. Oh, there's some money. Yeah, yeah. A guy that's only going to be playing for three years, he's either going to get his money or he's not going to get his money. <laughs> no, I hear you. Look, we we got to take a break, but there's definitely a lot more to go over here uh, on the NFL. CBA talks are no longer CBA talks. We'll be right back. With got to take a quick break on G Cobb in the house. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. 
Get the inside scoop on the Georgia Bulldogs. Tune in to Keelan Johnson on College Football Game Day on the radio and every day on KeelanJohnson.com. On Keelan's Keeping It Real Radio, you can talk to Keelan and his former teammates about the Bulldogs, college football, and all things sports. Keelan's the go-to analyst for Bulldog football on pre- and post-game television on KeelanJohnson.com. And now, every week on the Voice America Sports Channel. Tune in every college game day for Keelan Johnson, Keeping It Real Radio. Saturdays at 11 a.m. Eastern and 8 a.m. Pacific. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard-hitting radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard-hitting radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. We're back here on G Cobb in the house talking about the NFL labor situation, which is very depressing. I'm Michael Warren along with G Cobb and Ron Glover. Uh, it's just kind of sad. The draft's just not going to be the same. You know, and that's pretty much it until who knows when. Ugh, this is, this is a bad day, I'm telling you. I love baseball. I love the other sports and everything, but, but football is just, ugh, this is terrible. This is awful. So the union's decertified, so we got that. That's wonderful. And now we get to watch this big game of legal chicken. Which, you know, by the way, the, you know, the players have uh, a lot to lose by missing these games, but the owners aren't exactly, you know, yeah, they, they, they're worth tons of money, but these stadiums, didn't, you know, they didn't pay cash for these new stadiums. You know, they, they, got, they got bills to pay, too. So I'm curious, and then like G said before, they don't want to get into antitrust lawsuits. You don't want to get involved with that. So That's hopefully, right. You know, hopefully Ron's wrong, and they don't, they don't miss two to four games. Um just even losing the off season is a big deal. I mean, it's a it's a full year news cycle now. It's just a year round sport. Uh, well, you, know, you don't want to lose the games, but you know, losing the off season activity and discussion and talk. I mean, that's not good. It's not good, and uh, I guess we'll just have to watch baseball uh, for you know, a while. One thing that's in, one thing that's interesting to me is now. Owners want the players to share in building these stadiums, okay? Now, right. I'll tell you, these stadiums are a major issue because they have been, you know, using public tax money to build stadiums, you know, which then enrich, a, you know, these billionaires. You know, right. which, which really, with, with the way these, um, the way the finances of a lot of these states there's going to be an end of that. <laughs> yeah. That's not going to be tolerated. I mean, you've got a state, you know, that's um, 
in financial jeopardy. They're not going to let, you know, Jeffrey Lawyer or whatever come in there and, and they're gonna, we're going to give you what? $200 million or $300 million. Yeah, those days are over. you build this stadium. Yeah, those days are over. I mean, it, it's totally ridiculous. I mean, the fact that they were able to pull that off up in, um, up in New York recently, you know, is it, it, amazing in itself, you know. I can't see another stadium being built in Pennsylvania again. And, I mean, when you've got the school district of Philadelphia, they're billions behind uh-huh. as far as funding. And the last thing that will be built here is another stadium. I think the, uh, the, the Philadelphia Union, the soccer team, they just yeah. lucked up to get one. I mean, that will be the last thing. Yeah, they, uh, they had one built, uh, what, down there in um – Chester. Chester. I mean, now, how, how are they bringing in any money? And, you know, you're talking about a waste of money. And, you know, you want to talk about, uh, you know, the way uh, things are, but the, the politics of it, to be building a stadium for somebody like Jeffrey Laurie. Now, this is going to hurt the owners, too. The fact oh, yeah. that they went to the public and got money mm-hmm. and then are going to shut down these, these, these teams uh, where you you could end up having where a lot of these uh, stadium workers lose their jobs because of it. Yeah, it's you know, after they went and got public thing. money, that's I'm telling you, it's going to be a it's going to be very interesting the way this whole thing shakes out. Because I'll tell you what, Demora Smith is going to do. He is going to play the political angle on this, and he's going to go after the owners based on some of these things because uh, that's what they said they were going to do. <laughs> You know, yeah, and I, I don't understand. Also, like as far as you guys are right, the, the days of the public funding these stadiums are are over. I don't think Philadelphia could fund a high school stadium if they wanted to right now. How is this? Well, I mean, but, but the think of it. But think of it though. See, Edwin Dell, he pushed that stuff because you know he likes sports. Okay, the the state of Pennsylvania is in a financial hole right now. Now, what mm-hmm. was he doing building any stadiums for the Steelers or the Eagles? You got two of the richest people in the nation. I mean, in this in this state, you're helping them get richer. Now, what sense does that make? Uh, I gotta admit, it, it, it doesn't mean. make any. It, it, but it all it depends too on economic times. When things are going well, people tend to overlook that stuff. No, nah, you, no, you know, it, it depends when you got somebody that just don't mind taxing people for for things that are good to them. But we, there's no way we should have been helping Jeffrey Laurie and the Roonies. Bill Stadium. Why can't they go out and borrow the money just like any other business? But anyway, go ahead, Ron. The thing that really, I mean, with the stadium being built here in Philadelphia, didn't wasn't there a threat to move? Wasn't there a threat of the Eagles to move? In the eighties, I know uh, Toes threatened to take them to Arizona, and there were whispers about Louis possibly moving the chain before the Cubs went to Arizona. Uh, it's possible. I, I don't think it ever got to a point where it was a major story. Yeah, it, was, but it wasn't major. It wasn't well, okay. major. They but, said um, they weren't going to move. They promised that they weren't. Uh, and they were able to play them. the politics. And, and the, you know, but the, the think of it, though. Here we are. We, got, we can't afford to keep schools open. And we're building a football stadium. Now, come on. I mean, and I love football. But I'm saying that is the most, it's the most ridiculous thing in the world. And these two stadiums were built 
both in, under Rendell's term. But he, I mean, he not under it. Rendell. They were both built around within he, a, a year or two apart. Yeah, that's right. They were built about a year or two. I think. I'm not the sure Link, which one was built first, but they the were. Link opened close. in '03. I think Heinz Field opened in '01. That sounds that right? about right. Because I mean, in 2000, I don't know. played in Three Rivers. Uh, the Eagles were at Three and, Rivers in 2000. And, and, you know, that was another owner. I forgot that. I, I read somewhere where that one of the owners, who's, who's got a relatively new stadium, is talking about he wants another new stadium. Arthur Blank. Yeah. It was Arthur Blank? Well, they just got the Georgia Dome for the 96 Olympics. And, and he's wrong he with it. I, I don't think he was the only one because he's not the one that I uh, remember mentioning. It wasn't Arthur Blank. It was something somebody else. So it might be Arthur Blank and somebody else. I believe it. The fact well, that, obviously in Minnesota, but that but that's an older stadium, right? You know, yeah, the thing is though, come on, why are why would the public be taking up tax money to give to the richest people in our country to help them? Build a stadium so they can get richer. Now, gee, that's, how, that's how this all works, G. They're, they're yep. trying to bust up the unions. Getting, and and to, a deg- uh, to a degree, I understand some points. That there are things unions need to come back on. But they're trying to bust up the union and get the middle class to pay, kick in while we have Bush tax cuts to the tune of $700 billion. Mm. Well, well, you're talking about 3% on the richest people well, in the country. What. I'd love to pay that. Okay, understand, in these states, that's got nothing to do with Bush tax cuts. What's going on in these states has nothing to do. That, what's going on in, in the, uh, you talk about Bush tax cuts, those are federal taxes. Okay? I know, I'm just, I'm just making an example. I'm just making okay. the example. Yeah, but that's, I know not, it's not, that's it's, not a legitimate example. <laughs> I'm saying that's the way things are being done in this country. We, on one well, hand, we're trying to get the working people to kick in more. The union, wait a minute. Those unions, those unions have got deals. Come on. And I'll tell you this. My wife has got one of them, okay? Where, uh, or uh, my, uh, my sister is just retired. She's 54 years old. She's getting like 90% of her pay. She just retired as an attorney for the state of New Jersey. Look, we can't afford to do that. <laughs> they, they got sweet deals. And, and, and that's why you know, I said they have to come back. I'm not saying I, I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying I'm pro-union that, that they deserve. You know, teachers that are getting seven percent pay increases when the rest of the country is getting squat, exactly. and after two or three years, you can't be fired. Come on, I, that, that's what I'm saying. Meaning, like I, I, I agree that um, you know the guy in Wisconsin he probably overstepped uh, with the, you know taking away the collective bargaining totally, but. Something has to be done because the stuff has gotten out of control where you're going to have a whole country is bankrupt. <laughs> All the states are bankrupt. Yeah. And, and we're ready. But anyway, really back to what we we're talking about with the owners, though. If anybody doesn't know that these owners are greedy. Now, are the players greedy, too? Yeah, the players are. But you're talking about guys, for the most part, the majority of the players are young guys that are going to play two or three years, and then they're out of the league. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to play that long. So you're not talking about some guys with, who are filthy rich and that sort of thing. You know, and, and they don't want to even uh, have the health care, you know, to, to take care of the guys and stuff. But anyway, I don't want to monopolize it. But anyway, you guys can give, <laughs> give your opinions on it. Now, the, the, 
the thing that I, I that's really struck a chord with me was the whole Dave Duerson, uh thing situation. And for him to write a letter stating that he wanted, you know, his brain to be examined, you know, once he passed on, you know, after he, you know, after he committed suicide, that that really says a lot. Yeah, that really says a lot. I, I mean. For him to fear this thing so much, for him to take his own life, I, I don't know. That, but you don't see really... Sandy Koufax. You don't see Sandy Koufax doing that. You know what I mean? It, it, the, the physical toll that football takes on the players is different from any other sport. Right, but it was, it was, it was documented that he was starting to suffer from the some of the oncoming symptoms of the you know the dementia, the headaches, right. and all of these things, and. You know, none of us know why he did it, but when you read into it, it's kind of like he wanted to nip it in the bud before it got to that point. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm making any sense, but it's it just, <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, you know, I, I, know. Hear what, I hear what I you're saying. There needs to be more care and more caution, and that's why another thing, when, G, you're talking about Goodell being a liar, don't sit here and tell me you really care about player safety and you're going to crack down with $75,000 fines for illegal hits and this and that, and then say, oh, we should play two more games, though. I mean, especially... Well, you know, right there, it's all about a dollar. Of course it is. I mean, and, and, and Goodell coming out, and I, up until recently, I have been a fan of Goodell, um, but, but coming out and, and just such a liar. It's all about money. And he said stuff like, oh, all our, the fans want the, eight, they want the 18 game enhanced schedule. I haven't talked to anybody that wants that. I even read something today that one of the things that, that reason, big reasons I don't want it, it, it ruins the record books. It's going to destroy yep. the record books. Yep. Eric Dickerson, go, goodbye. 2,000-yard season, it will not be that much of an accomplishment anymore. Mm-hmm. Like that's stuff that, that's important to me. I, I, just, I hate to see that stuff shredded aside from the fact that, come on, a guy like Deshaun Jackson is going to hold up for 18 games. He can't even hold up for 16. Yeah, I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. And yeah, then they talk just, about adding on players, and, and at that point, you're slowly watering down the league. Yeah, you're slowly exactly. watering down the league. I mean, you may as well you may as well have expansion for for all of that. I mean, it's the 18 game situation. Really, it's not going to work. And they would have to make other changes too. Uh, but we got to grab a quick break, though. We'll be back on the other side talking more football on G Cop in the house. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Ready for an old-school, in-your-face discussion of professional college and high school football? 
Tune in for talk on a variety of football-related topics on the program From Under the Helmet with your hosts, Derek Ennard and the coach, Al Gross. You will hear the week's headlines and straight talk from the hosts and their weekly guests that are personal and provocative. From Under the Helmet is broadcast every Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Sports Channel. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here. G. Cobb in the house with G. Cobb. I'm Michael Warren, along with Ron Glover talking about the NFL and the draft has come up and honestly it's I think I like draft day more than the Super Bowl um, I'm, I, just, I absolutely love the draft weekend uh, the Super Bowl if nothing else is just reminded me of uh, that it's the last football we have for a long time so Ron we talk about the draft a little bit Did, I don't know if you saw or if you believe this uh, Michael Silver of Yahoo had reported earlier this week that one of the things they had agreed upon was the the uh, the, uh, the draft rules for uh, for player salaries? Um, the rookie wage scale. The rookie wage scale. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what was it? Sam Bradford got like forty eight last year. Was he a little over fifty? He was like fifty fifty one. Yeah, he was. Over, I believe he was over fifty. Yeah, I think he was because Stafford, I think, was around forty seven. Forty six. Yeah. Well earned. They they deserved it too. I mean. Never played it down, you know. Like that's something ridiculous that everybody can agree on. Come on, man! Owners don't want to be playing some, paying some kid that's never done anything before. That's ridiculous. Where else? Where else does that exist in the world? Ron, right. when you started working, did you get did you get big money? Just even though you'd never done anything for a company before, you guys be, would be on my show if that was the case. <laughs> you guys would be. I mean, we it would be so much easier. But that's the world we live in, and. Well, so he, so many of these guys are unproven. And, yeah, and you know, that, no, that's a ahead. big part of the problem. Right. Now, I, I will make this argument, too, for, for the rookie wage scale. I, I think more importantly than them scaling back what these first overall picks are getting, let's, it's what, you, the top 10, you get into the top 15, then it starts to be a little bit more normal. It really is that high end of the draft with uh, who was – was it Rosen? I don't think it was Rosenhaus that was Roethlisberger's agent that got him to bust up the slotting system in 04 because he was a quarterback. So then that started. It's completely out of hand. But here's what really bugs me about it. Uh, the Deshaun Jacksons, the Chris Johnson, uh, Marcus Colston. You're a seventh-round pick, and they got you with a four-year deal. What if you can play? Like, they get Marcus Colston out there. It's immediate. This kid can play right away. Guess mm-hmm. what? We don't got to do nothing. Enjoy your $200,000 a year. 
you know, not that that's chump change, but come on. I mean, we see the money being thrown around for guys that can play. That's got to change, too. So Michael Silver had his report about um, the rookie wage scale getting adjusted. I think it was like they had, or the owners had proposed. I don't know if this was agreed upon, but they were looking at like $19 million guaranteed for the first overall pick, something like that. It was How much of that would be a signing bonus? See, that's why I'm, I'm trying to look it up now to see what what the supposed uh, agreement was. If that was $19 million over five years, is that guaranteed? Rookie wage scale, I'm going to find this. Because um, it says, you know, there was a report that that's one of the things they agreed on. Who knows if that's, you know, they're just giving us lip service. Um, mm-hmm. This article doesn't have it here. But it, it was it was ridiculously uh, changed. But that, that's very important. Um but does it really matter because they couldn't they couldn't agree on anything else? You know, you got the players saying, "Well, the owners just planned to lock us out the whole time," and now the owners are saying, at no point were the players even willing to negotiate. They wouldn't budge on anything. And you know, Demar Smith says, "I want them to you know basically give me ten years of audited team financials." Now, Ron, I want to get your take on this. Me, if Ron, if you and I own thirty-two Seven Elevens across the country. Mm-hmm. Do we have to show our employees what we make? Would you? I, my my business. You work here, right? If no, you're getting that, everything you're supposed I, to get, what's that? If you're getting everything you're supposed to get it's for, in the way of benefits and salary. Yeah. So I mean, I, I'm, so gonna say, that, I thought it, I'm probably going to say no because if you're not satisfied, you do have the option of looking for another place of employment. <laughs> you can try MMA. Like Tom Zimikowski's doing, you can. Uh, there's always something else. You're right. So on that end, I understand the players want to get a look at this stuff, but come on, it just doesn't work like that anywhere else in the business world. Yeah, not showing you anything. You think, and even asking, you think the owners are really going to do that? Come on, so ridiculous. That's one thing I don't see happening. I'm really, I'm, but I'm not really surprised that they were able to come to come to an agreement on the uh, rookie wage scale. To me, that was really one of the easier things that I saw being passed. This 18-game schedule and, you know, just the agreement as a whole, that's where the fight is going to come in at. I think the rookie wage scale was probably one of the first things that was going to be handled. But like you said right now, it's a moot point. Uh, The rookie wage scale is one of the things I saw them really coming to an agreement on. But, you know, it's really a moot point because they couldn't agree on anything else. Right. And, and you're right, though. It's something everybody agrees on. The owners don't want to be paying these guys. If, if, if Ron Glover's a veteran of five years, let's say you're making eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars a year, and some rookie kid comes in and he's got, you know, fifty million in his pocket, that's probably going to piss you off. Yeah, before you even play it down, and he's probably going to be holding the clipboard for you. And, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he's going to hold thing. the clipboard for two or three years. And the other thing, too, and, and, gee, maybe you can explain this to me, because this is something I don't understand, and I've heard numerous NFL people say they don't know what this is or where it came from. Getting back to the interest of player safety, I, I just need someone to explain where this number came from. You have 53 guys on a roster. 45 are active on game day. Who made that up? That's more guys that have to be doing special teams and other things that have to do more that could lead to injury. When you got eight guys, you know, some eight guys sitting on the bench doing nothing, let them go out there and do something. Where did this rule come from? 
I don't know how it evolved, but, you know, it had to be part of a negotiation, you know. I mean, that's all that I can think of. But, um, you know, maybe it saved money somehow with something. I don't know. But it might have been a, a um, um, I would have to think that it was it was some type of, um, uh, whatever thing, you know, some type of agreement, uh, a, um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm not remembering this word, uh, you know, where you give a little bit, I give a little bit. It was a concession. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, that that's probably the way it evolved because I can't remember, you know, and I, I, I'm i pretty sure it was in place. It was in place years ago, but I don't know exactly how it got started, though. I, I, I can't say. Now, those eight players, are, are they practice squad or is it four practice squad players and four guys just don't dress? It's, 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 those are all for the 53-man roster. The practice squad's another five, I believe. Yeah, that, okay. that's a, that's another thing, you know. Now, okay, the, the practice squad that was a um, that was something that was a, a you know a compromise. That's what I was thinking about. It was a compromise, and that's what you know. Uh, uh, quite a, a number of these are, are are compromises, you know. So right. I just I just never understood why you have all these guys that don't dress that <laughs> can go out there and play, but. Uh, yeah. Who knows? Well, now, and that's why that's why Willie with the eighteen game thing. You know, it's going to be the same players going to be doing, doing most of the playing. That's why somebody said, "Oh, well, you know, if you have more players out there, I mean, look, the same key players are going to be expected to play those games." And look, if you have to play until the last week of the season. What's that, right? So, I said, and heaven forbid, if you have to play until the last week of the season. For a, a, a number one conference seeding or for the division, you know you, you're going to play your guys. You're going to oh, play your absolutely. guys. If it means the difference between a one, if it, if it means the difference between home field advantage throughout and going on the road and being a wild card team, you're playing your guys. Yeah, you have to. And I mean that's like you said, you're playing you're playing the same guys. Yeah, so, you're play the same guys. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll, uh, um, I, you know that, that all that stuff sounds good, <laughs> but just ultimately it's going to be the same guys, you know, taking the pounding. Yeah. Yeah, and as it is, I mean, gee, you were actually pretty fortunate. You made it through your, your seasons. You were a relatively healthy player, right? Uh, from a standpoint of getting injury and everything, but, you know, but uh, it takes a toll on you. I mean, you know, uh, nobody, I don't care whether you're injured or not. See, and that's the big thing is. Uh, that's why, you know, I have kids ask me, because, uh, you know, I go in, in, in some of these areas, you know, different places with these kids, and they always ask me, hey, why did you retire? <laughs> you know, why, why didn't you just keep playing? I mean, why would you leave? And, you know, they have no idea the pounding. You can't just keep doing that and then not be doing damage to your body. Now, I look at a guy like Ray Lewis. He is going to just totally, uh, you know, after he gets out, that's when he's going to see how much damage he's done with all that pounding, man. No way yeah, in the world. It's like it's like running up against a wall every day, and then you're going like, you know, I don't think this is good for my body. We're not even getting into the brain issues and things, you know, um, because this brain thing, I tell you, they are trying to dodge it. 
but it's going to be a major thing in the courts. I mean, because they are going to get hit with some, some lawsuits, man. I'll tell you that. Well, yeah, even looking back, do you remember um, I found this quote on CSN Philly uh, in an interview with Deshaun Jackson, and it really went under the radar. <clears throat> um, he, he said that when he had his concussion, I think it was in 09, and he said, yeah, he's like, you know, Coach Morningweg's getting on me about, like, getting back. Like, why aren't you back? Why aren't you back? And he's like, I'm like, Coach, it's not my knee. It's my head. No, and I'm thinking... They made a big, no, we, we made a big deal out of it when he said that. I mean, guys went after Marty for that. That was a big deal. And you better believe it that I'll bet you Joe Banner and those guys went over there and said, hey, Marty, if you open your mouth and say something like that again, you're going to be looking for a job. Because, see, that's the kind of thing would come up in a suit. Because yeah. that's the culture of football. It's a tough guy culture. And that's hey. one of the reasons we have so many brain problems, because no one wants to come out. Oh, you got your bell rung. Nah, that's not the only reason. One of the reasons is that it is a sport where if you get your head hit like that, you are going to, uh, you know, you, I mean, you, you can't be thinking when you're playing about worried about your physical condition or you can't really play the game. Right. I remember you a have, couple of years. You have to have the doctors, the, the trainers, they have got to be thinking about your physical condition. And so they're monitoring it. That's the way, because you can't really play if you're worried about it. And so that's where they're supposed to be there to take care of you. That's why somebody, like, if I was an attorney, you can imagine I explain that, and then you got Marty saying something like that to, um, and I remember when he said it, because it, it was a big deal. I wrote about it a bunch of times on the site, because it was the kind of thing where, hey, wait a minute, <laughs> this guy had a head injury, and you're talking about being tough or whatever it is, you know, and you know, um, you know that's that, that's going to show up in a court case. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, I agree. And look, we got to take one last break. We'll finish it up on the other side. This is G Cobb in the house. And could Namdi Asmawa be an eagle by tomorrow? Could be possible. We'll be right back. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports so andy serling packed his bags left the city and is enjoying his temporary digs in saratoga but that won't stop us from bringing you playing to win the best online handicapping show for serious horse players catch andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of august on location from the beautiful saratoga race course he and his guests are some of the best in the biz they bring you new insights to making money and they tell it like it is i'm three five one in this race but the three is very much the one to be we're going to completely disagree on this race i absolutely despise her especially at one to two and it's anything but the same old horse racing show this is a nine horse field but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras playing to win with andy serling a show seriously committed to making more money at the game but with a personality this is a dunce cap horse for me if this horse wins next week i got the dunce cap on you bet.com's playing to win presented by the daily racing forum look for it the day before big race days mostly fridays find a complete schedule in the daily racing forum or click on playing to win at you bet.com 
Welcome to Inside the Trenches, everyone, an interactive show that is sweeping across the nation here on Voice America Sports Simply with your host, 12-year pro football veteran, yes, of course, the voice of America, R. Cal Trula. We're bringing it to you. The day starts at noon, and so does Inside the Trenches, 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, bringing you the ins and outs, letting you know what's going on in and around sports and also in and around your neck of the woods. So if you want to be on the show and you want to be a part of the show, simply go to InsideTheTrenches.com and let's make this thing happen for you. The interactive show that is sweeping across the nation. Inside the Trenches, your show. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here. Getting you ready for your big Friday night here on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren. Along with G. Cobb and Ron Glover, we're talking a little NFL, and I don't know if you guys noticed um, on on Pro Football Talk, uh, supposedly a high level source with an NFL team told him that it's possible. Their teams are looking into it right now. They're trying to figure out what's going on. That free agency could start at midnight. I mean, Whoa. can we at least just play pretend and pretend like it might, just so we can talk about something besides legal stuff? Like my brain hurts. So let's pretend that it does. I mean, what, what would really happen here? I mean, if there's no union, I, I mean, I guess no one really knows. Could they just start signing free agents? I mean, and if that was the case, could the Eagles be going after Osama? They like to move fast. No, I really don't know whether to laugh or cry. <laughs> mm-hmm. Wow, I know, Ron. We're, play, we're playing pretend right now. That's how bad it is. Wow. Now you're really talking I mean, about chaos. It, it, it could it could be. I mean, you could have um, you know something like that happen, and and I you know and I think that in in that kind of case, I will give the Eagles credit that that is where they have proven to be a um, a business that's been you know very wise about things like that. They tend to be the t- be the, tend to be the the most informed of the two. You know. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, I hope well, that, you know. I hope that they are. You know, they, well, the thing is, you want to be aggressive. The only thing is, if for some reason you tip your hand, though, and you, you show everybody else what you're going to do, and if for some reason it doesn't, if you're not really able to do anything, then um, then there's a problem there. But you know, well, think about it this I, way, Jake. I'd say go ahead and go for it. Well, yeah, yeah why not? Uh, the draft is going to be a big hand tipper for everybody. Think about it. If you have, okay, let's say anybody with, that, that remotely follows football or whatever, you can look and see the Eagles need another corner opposite Asante. They're probably going to make a move somehow to get one. Now, what if they go the whole draft and they don't take one? That kind of tips your hand for free agency. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, it, it really is a different – and that's not to say, oh, they're going to get Osmoir now, but it might, it might let people know what you're going to have to do and what holes you're going to have to fill in free agency. It's a complete reversal now, whereas before, you know, you had free agency and then you went and addressed things in the draft. It's not that way this year. 
obviously, unless free agency starts tonight. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how how it all you know how it, how it all transpires. But um, you know, we'll see. What what's your gut telling you, Jay? <laughs> My gut's telling me that I need to get something to eat. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say I'm hungry. Well, you know, I, you know, when I cut away from you guys, well, I was coming up here to, the, but I went and got me something to eat. I hope you guys realize that. But anyway, uh, I knew um, something was going on. Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that um, that I think is they will make it organized. Uh, that's one thing the NFL they got to realize that you know uh, chaos is is really not a benefit for them. That uh, their fans want some order to what's going on. So. Uh, I think that's a big thing that they will try to do, that they'll have a meeting to try to tell everybody, fill everybody in on what is going to go forward. But I think in, in, in some cases the courts are going to decide some of this and where, you know, a, um, a judge is going to step in and say, hey, you know, uh, these are the rules that are going to be in, 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 uh, in place. And I think that they would probably, you know, stay with um, – uh, you know, stay. They, they would stay with. Uh, this is funny though. I was reading something Demar Smith said, which is true. I dare any one of you to show NFL uh, to show me that the NFL has fallen on hard times. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, you know, I mean, which is come on. Who are they kidding? And the thing about it is, you know, they want to build more stadiums. Look, you know, uh, they've got plans to make more money. They're going to make more money with their. Uh, you know, what I said with the cell phones and things, and they're going to expand into other countries. And I mean, come on, you know. When is, when is the NFL going to realize that no one outside of America, very few people care about football? Right now, right now. But they, they think that, that, that there's the sport, because of the aggressiveness of it and everything, is going to have an international appeal. Now, we'll see. Yeah, we'll and see soccer's going to blow up in America. What's that? And soccer's going to blow up in America too, right? Well, now that's those are different things now. But but I mean, those it's just different things. <laughs> but, I understand. But that, I understand what you're saying. Think, just, you know, they still do think that uh, they're going to uh, succeed expanding it elsewhere. But we'll we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> uh, Ron, what do you think? Just kill the whole football NFL. Just kill the whole NFL Europe thing. Just kill all of it because when you go overseas and you're trying to educate this game, you're starting from scratch. Sure, you may import some guys from over here, over there, but like you said, no one really cares. It's not like it's the NBA. It's not like it's soccer. It's not like it's baseball. Yeah, baseball at least yeah has has an international appeal too. Yeah, baseball has a larger international appeal. Football has absolutely none. No, it's not played anywhere else. No one else cares about it. Not to say never, but I, I, I'm kind of with you, Ron. Sometimes it's like it's it's not happening. The people that care enough about it will find it. Do you remember? When, I remember when the Giants played the Dolphins on that wet spinach field in London in '07, and they're showing the ESPN, you know, the pregame stuff, and they're showing Sam Madison and all these guys walking around London. These people could not have cared less <laughs> that they were NFL players. <laughs> they're walking around with their jerseys, like trying to just interact with people in London. They didn't care. They're like, "You're who? I, yeah, I, I don't care." I see. Um, I see that Ruben Amaro Jr. has a uh, ex- got him an extension, contract extension. Yeah, they were talking about yeah. that today. 
Well, they need to work on a. Wait, what's that now? They need to work on a uh, a contingency plan for Chase Utley because I think this thing is a lot worse than than what is leading on. What they need to do now is really go out and get a third baseman and put Polanco at second. Would you, uh, Michael Young's, uh, his, his numbers are down. Would you consider Michael Young if the price was right? I would, but that's the whole thing. Is he around $16 million from what I'm hearing? No, I don't want that. I mean, I, I think he can't afford that. Over two years, I think he's owed about $16 million for the next two seasons. You know, they'd have to take some money. They'd have to pay for some of that. Yeah, they'd have to pay a, a nice chunk of it. Um, I, I don't even think the Phillies can afford it. I don't think they can either. I think Troy Gloss is out there. Is he a free agent? Or is he with a team? Uh, that'd be more strikeouts to the lineup. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's something probably that you may want to consider. Um, if you can get a stick or a good defensive guy, you may want to put Polanco at second. Oh, I'm fine with and, that. Well, I'm fine with that. Yeah, Absolutely. and, you know, just take your chances with someone at third base. I mean, the worst part of this is you've got to worry about a three-hitter. you got to worry about a guy in your three-hole and in your five-hole. Um, you know, he and I were talking about this before. I think I'd be okay with Rollins in the five-hole because I don't like – I'm sick of his poor approach as a leadoff guy. It's his approach. It's not his talent. It's not effort. It's, it's his head. It's just that first, that first pitch swing. It, it's always that first pitch swing. It, it is, it is. Well, look, we're, we're definitely going to get into Phillies next week because we ran out of time here because we have uh, had to deal with this labor union issue. But it was a blast. I want to thank you guys for hanging out with me. I'm Micah Warren along with G. Cobb and Ron Glover. This is G. Cobb in the house, and we'll see you guys next week. Adios! Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.